All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Beat. I am, of course, Nick Baumgartner, along with Brendan Quinn, here in the summertime off-and-on episode schedule here, uh, whenever we kind of <laughs> feel like it, I guess. <laughs> or whenever Brendan's not on the golf course. How we doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I like that as this progresses mm-hmm. and progresses, this podcast and our jobs, it just gets more Off and rails. more random but so I this is now this is good. now as far as i can tell a loosely based a michigan podcast. michigan state sometimes detroit lions slash college sports well yeah slash nfl hey slash golf podcast that actually yes the beat well you just mentioned something and that reminded me i had an idea for this with you that i had said to you a while back and we i don't think we've discussed it with the people I think that this also needs to expand out to, like, we need to start bringing in um, James Edwards, talk some Pistons, mm-hmm. the draft is tomorrow. We need to start bringing in Max, talk some Red Wings, teach you about, well, I think we can do some of that too if we want one of these days, right? But if just, the just, be, just be everything it, and nothing. Everything and nothing I like that. all at once. So, I mean, like, nothing's off limits here. You guys know that. If, as long as it's rooted in this <laughs> in this area or anything that's that we sort of pay attention to, we'll talk about it. So, um, but yeah, I think we could still do a little Michigan, Michigan. If people continue to listen to it, sure, we'll talk about it. And if uh, if people don't listen to it, then we'll both just uh, piss off. (laughs) Of course, that's how it always goes. But uh, (laughs) what have you been up to, uh, my man? You've been out uh, on the course. You've been last week. Any tickets to Saudi Arabia? How how are things going? (laughs) I uh, I, I'm not I'm not going on the ground to Saudi Arabia to investigate. Live. Are you going to any of the tournaments? Here's I might go to so they uh, there's an event coming up in Portland which That's will right. be the first domestic live That's event right. That's right. which should be quite the scene would, yeah my man so. in Portland of all um, places now I was asked you know do you, do you want to cover this and, and um, senior yeah here's the where <laughs> <laughs> sure my brother lives Portland <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> The problem is it it kind of crosses over with my own golf trip that I spend all year waiting for. Yeah. Oh, so God. I, oh, no. I said, um, absolutely not. Yeah, right. Go ahead. I'm not going. <laughs> Foot down. No. So. That's good. Good for you. I travel about 120 nights a year for this company. If That's, I think if, yeah. I, if I decide I'm not covering something, then so be hey, it. Hey, Treetops so, uh, isn't going to golf itself, buddy. Okay? Yes. Get up yes. There. Now, there's a chance, however, <laughs> there's, a, there's a tournament. In late July, that uh-huh. will be at Trump Bedminster. Oh, perfect. Just perfect. In New Jersey. There it is. Uh, which was the course that was supposed to host this year's PGA Championship. But okay. after January 6th, they backed out of that. The, the event was stripped by the PGA of America Sorry. and moved to Southern Hills. Uh, and now Live Golf is hosting okay. an event okay. there, which should be... Whew. So you're going to go to that? I don't want to get into any company <laughs> policies here. I don't want to... You know, let's not... I don't let's, know if Tiptoe. Well, I, I, you, you got to get to one of these. the scene. You got to get to one uh, well, of these. Well, if I don't, right? if I don't go to that, I, I think I'm. Regardless, I'm probably going to go to. Uh, they have several. Yeah. In October, which is going to be their season-ending championship event yeah. at Trump Doral. And yeah, okay. Uh, that's going to be October. Um, that's and that I think might that's, be the that's, move that's, there. Yeah, that's going to be apparently like quite a, a an event. Well, yeah, that'd be the and final the final thing. You'd think that you'd be able to look back now and see like hey, exactly what, how are things going. Exactly, that'll yeah. be the end of season one of Live. Um, 
So I think I'll be there for that. But then in between, I'll go to um, obviously the Rocket Mortgage Classic sure, yeah. is coming a, up here. Yeah, walking distance from my house, damn yep. near. Um, is that next week? And no, no, no. That's in July at some point. Okay, coming um, up. Coming up. And then uh, I have the Tour Championship in Atlanta, and I have uh, the President's Cup, which will be in Charlotte. Okay, okay. No St. Andrews? Somebody asked if you're going to St. Andrews this year. I'm not going to St. Andrews. I believe we're sending one of our UK writers to that. Oh, perfect. But, there we go. Um, it always it always makes me... This is probably getting way too deep under the covers, but whatever. Uh, I always find it funny how, like... Just the notion of of a transatlantic flight is like, that's so expensive. It's such a big trip, blah, blah, blah. But like, we'll go to Pebble Beach to cover a, a, a tournament. I'm like, that's probably more expensive for being perfectly honest. But yeah, there are, anyway, <laughs> there are times. We can, edit this, yeah. we can probably edit this part out, my man. But no, I'm not going to St. Andrews. <laughs> Brennan's not going to St. Andrews, ladies and gentlemen. But no. no. And which, is, which is probably a good thing because there'd be a 50-50 chance I didn't come back. You just stay over there? Yeah, well. I would just get over there and be like, I'm good. I'm just going to tend to yeah. some sheep and stay here. I'm I think good. this is probably fine. Have you been paying, att- <laughs> have you been paying attention to the uh, to the local teams here much? We do have questions today about both sides as uh, each group goes into the offseason. Uh, uh, before I get into some of the football stuff, uh, real quick here, I wanted to ask you just a general any general resets here on the on the hoop side of, of what's going on? What what both sides are into here? Or well, I mean, the big up? thing right now is, is the draft. That's yeah. going to be Thursday. So obviously, for Michigan, you have Musa Diabate. You've got Caleb Houston, and for Michigan State, Max Christie. Um, Ooh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, See I mean, goes. if I'm, I talked to an assistant GM actually last night. Yeah, and. I was just trying to get like a reset, like you said, kind of, okay, wait a second, yeah, where, right, where right, are these guys right. actually going to go? Right. So on and so forth. It, I mean, it doesn't sound like any of them, if we're being perfectly honest here, it doesn't sound like any of them are particularly trending in the right direction. And, you know, you know how it always goes the, the week like of it. the draft? You know, yeah. you know how it always goes the week of the draft, right? You start hearing things where, where guys are kind of, mm-hmm. guys who have juice, guys who don't have juice. I remember the week yeah, when right. Jordan Poole caught a ration of shit for going in early to the draft and then it's the week of and people are still kind of you know complaining that it, that he left early and meanwhile all I was hearing was like oh yeah he's going to be same thing happened mid, with uh, mid to late first round same thing DJ with Mitch. Wilson Mitch same too and Mary yep same thing um mm-hmm. and yeah you just kind of kept hearing it and I'm like I am pretty sure they're going to be proved right here come Thursday oh, yeah. and lo and behold they were <laughs> um yeah usually those guys know <laughs> right so, but like just the conversation last night, it kind of sounds yeah. like mid late second round for for all of these. Interesting. Guys. Maybe maybe Max is earlier in the second round. What about uh, Diamante? Still I, not even with the traits. Huh? They still don't care. They're just like, well, no. I think there are. I think there's just kind of like just general awareness questions yeah. about like just how red. Like obviously he's a bit of a project, right? But like, just how much? Well, is in terms of like basketball correct. knowledge, That's awareness, good. spatial awareness, all that that stuff. Like, there's one thing to gamble on a guy who just is awkwardly sized, of course, right? Or or just big and kind of has just grown into his body, whatever. Um, but has certain traits. But if the question is like, 
okay, like how long is it going to take this guy to like really be a, a basketball player? That's a different deal. You know what that tells me, man? Like 10 years ago, the game has changed or is changing. You've got you've got a smarter group of people making draft choices across the league mm-hmm. then because 10 years ago, this kid would have been a lottery pick. You yeah. know it. It would have been it would have been traits only. I don't care what his awareness is. I don't care if he knows anything about basketball. He'll figure it out here. And that was yeah. always like a sometimes the kid will figure it out there. If it's a, if it's a matter of you know we've got to work on some shot mechanics, he'll figure it out in the league. Yeah, I get that because he's gonna you know he's a worker. He's gonna shoot. And he's gonna work on his shot and fix it. But if it's feel for the game, like you're saying, or, you know, awareness mm-hmm. and the little intangibles and they say, he'll figure it out here. No, he won't figure it out there. And mm-hmm. so I think it's great, frankly. And, you know, I mean, hopefully all these guys find their way, but I think it's great that these kids now are all going to get the full, like, look, if you're a traits guy and you don't know how to play, you ain't getting drafted. So you right. might want to have a long, hard look about what you're doing, who's telling you what and who you need to be listening to. Because, you know, we see some of this too in the in the NFL um, more and more. You know, if you can't play and you're not showing some of the things that you know the people who are running these teams now can actually look for and see that were kind of being <laughs> hidden ten years ago. I, so hey, that's just it popped into my head as you were explaining it, but that tells me right there that I think that you know the game right. is changing for for good. Uh, yeah, and I, I think I think one of the good things about Musa. Is that and he's still so young that yeah right who knows he's right? He, he's very young I, I also don't think he has like false illusions of what he is that sure. like he's gonna he needs to be someone who's scoring the ball and getting touches and all like I don't mm-hmm. think that he kind of has like that that part that that delusion yeah to him that like point being wherever he goes you know whatever you tell him to be he'll be he'll be I, yeah. I do think like he'll be in like embracing of of that like. Your defense, your rebounding, you're doing this, you're doing that, whatever. But like offensively, his skill set's just very exactly. small. Yeah, and right. and so he's going to have to need be to see more willing and ready to lean into all that and to basically be probably like a second unit guy. Um, and and then I just grow found, and see what happens. I, yeah, right. I've just found that like the few conversations I've had, and it's been you know minuscule compared to regular years back when the job was different. But like, I just feel like every conversation I've had about all three has started with the shortcomings. And that was kind of, it's kind of like a little bit of a red flag yeah. here for, for me of like just so where that's outweighing anything where, where their value is right now and like and if they get you know if they're going to be drafted high enough that they're getting guaranteed deals mm-hmm. and things like that um or if you know we'll see I mean guaranteed deals are way more common than they used to be where like the first round was previously a cutoff and that's kind of changed but yeah. um you know I wouldn't be that shocked to see one go undrafted. Right. Um, you know, Caleb, he's, what these people are saying, they're just like, man, like, can he dribble? Yeah, they're saying, can he he create his own shot at all? (laughs) Right. You like, you look at his shot and it looks really pretty motion wise, fluid wise, but you're like, is he getting that off? And when you look at it, like, look at the numbers. He didn't. They don't go in. Right. And it's just. Like you're you're explaining now that I think that the game is go- yeah I'm encouraged by this conversation because not for these kids necessarily I mean we'll see how they how it turns out for them but I'll tell you back you know ten years ago these conversations weren't if he if he was long and he mm. you know and you know how they were drafting if he was long and he could you know test okay and a couple you know measurables 
we'll figure it out. Right. And then they would take a kid like that in top 15, and it was like, it would be dumb. And that was like the th- struggle I always had. It's like, it would be dumb for a kid like that to go back to school because he's going to get sure. drafted. And even if he's not ready and he's never going to be ready, doesn't matter. They're going to pay him. I would always think of it from that standpoint. It's like, who cares if you're never ready? They're going to pay right. you $8 million right now. Like, So it's good, I think, that that conversation is opening up. And then it's, I just think over time, that takes some pressure out of the decision. If you're not ready, you're not ready. It allows guys to maybe be more I mean, objective. I'll tell you what, of, of all three, um, in hindsight, right, as you get further away from the season, you get further away from the draft decisions, I think it gets a little bit easier to kind of look back and, and reevaluate. And obviously, I mean, look, these guys, I hope all of them get guaranteed deals. I hope all of them have are, are playing in the league next year, obviously. Yeah, um, of course. But, yes. but of all three, the one that like now is kind of just like itching me a little bit more. Where I'm like, man, I kind of wish. Yeah, he'd maybe given himself another year. Is Max Christie? Yeah, that seems um, like yeah, everyone would agree with that. He's one. just yeah. I, I was told one story of of him going through a workout, mm-hmm. and and the guy I was talking to was just like, I mean, dude, he looked like he was like a 14 year old out there compared to these other guys. That was my like, concern. And yeah, you're like, right. yeah, that makes sense. I mean, when we're just watching him play in person all last year, you're like, man, yeah, he's skilled and he can shoot and he's got some some toughness to him, but shit, he, he looks like a kid. He's just not you know, I mean, big, he is yeah. just physically small yeah. um, and he's not particularly strong with the ball and, um, I just feel like he could have used another gear. And I, I feel like he also would have benefited from it stock-wise, physically, all of those things, getting reps, kind of being more of like a go-to guy. Whereas, you know, you look at the other two, like... Yeah, of course. I don't think there would have been some massive steps forward from Diabate next year. I think it would have been... Like, I think he came on at the end of the year and he would have been better and been, you sure, know, a sure, third sure. team all league guy, whatever, second team maybe. But like there's also a chance that like Caleb Houston comes back and if he shoots 35% again on threes, well now his stock is zero. Yeah, he's never gonna Okay. Play. He's still kind of living a little bit off of his yeah. his high school stock. Yeah, which has to be um, taken into account. Yes. Right, whereas like Max Christie, like I'm fairly confident if he came back, he was going to be pretty damn good as a sophomore. Sure. You sure. know, so We'll see where they go. I'd be pretty surprised to see any of them go in the first round. I, I kind of think more mid to late second for, for any and all. Um, and like I said, I wouldn't be totally shocked to see someone go undrafted. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky stuff. Always is. Always is. You got any picks for the Pistons? Who's the Pistons getting here? We know. You got any guesses? You have any idea? I don't know who's going. Uh, I mean, I know all this. They got jobbed in the lottery. I know after. Uh, there's all this uh, juice around Bathurian now, and um, some other guys. Hey, look, I don't know anything, right? I don't watch the NBA that much. I don't know shit. <laughs> but if I'm a GM and Jaden Ivy comes to me, mm. I am not passing on Jaden Ivy. Sorry, I know he can't shoot. Well, 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 well. He's going to be fine. That guy. Is an NBA basketball player. He's going to be fine. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. I mean, like, I think people are, yeah, I think it seems like they're going to get a pretty good player no matter what they're, right? I don't think it's going to be a disaster. And they've also, they already got their franchise piece last year in Cade there. So, 
will just be adding to the uh, arsenal now as they go forward. Distance. Should we just get James in here now to enough. talk some draft? I mean, after the draft, maybe we'll talk to James uh, and okay. he can tell us how far. I have a cell more, number, you know, I can hundreds, ask him if he wants to jump on here. How many hundreds of years the Pistons are away from being good as, you know, the Tigers are always like, well, you know, like 14 more years and maybe they'll be pretty good. You know, we'll see how all that goes. But in any event. Um, Wait, who do you think they should take? I have no idea. That's why I was asking you. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I would take Ivy. Ivy, and I'm sure I mean, there's people who know a lot more than me. I like their him. Eyes, I like if the kid, if the where's the kid from Duke, uh, Paulo going? Where's he? Where's he going to go? He's got to go one or two. Okay. I would think he's not going to fall. One, two, or three. That was the guy I wanted, of course. Um, but yes, the top the three apparently will be uh, some combination of uh, Jabari, Chet, Paulo. I don't want Chet. You can have him. I'm good, <laughs> I'm good on that. I think, but Paulo. If he falls, buddy, now we're in business. Caden Polo. That's a that's a team right there. Okay. Any anyway, uh, moving on. Right. Uh, football, of course, nothing's happening. Recruiting. We're going to get into some of these questions here in a minute on football recruiting. Um, I think some Michigan State fans are right to be excited. Uh, I think some Michigan fans are probably. Wrong to be livid, but maybe right to be a little disappointed uh, in any event. But we can get into more of that as we go. But we do have questions, my man. You want to just get wait? Into let's get let's just get right into that. I, there was a yeah, really okay, good go question ahead. yesterday. Yeah, go let's it. let's get right yeah, into that. So one. There was a one somewhere in there. I did. Yeah. Um. It, was that the one where you said uh, to yeah this guy here? Which program has more pressure on it in the upcoming yes. season? Okay. So uh, William, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Both football. Sure. And basketball, and we'll go. Uh, we'll do Michigan football versus Michigan basketball. Michigan State fo- football versus yeah. Michigan State basketball. Okay. All right. Let's start on football with you. So I'm the, curious the, your answer here. The question. The question. I'll read it first. Is from William. Was which program has more pressure on it this upcoming season? Defending Big Ten. Mm. Defending Big Ten champ. Michigan football trying to prove they weren't a flash in the pan. Uh, or Michigan hoops and Juwan Howard trying to sustain success despite attrition slash roster building uh, difficulties and of course Brendan says we'll do the Michigan State version of that too and I think that's a that's a really good point because you could say uh, on the Michigan State side you'd say the you know Mel Tucker coming off of that terrific year two getting the big money uh, having all this recruiting momentum um, now you got to follow it slash Izzo coming off of what we saw last year all the questions that surround him some staff changes everything else so you want to start with Michigan football and basketball sure Sure. Um, this is really interesting. And it's, you know, in any other situation, I would say that it's basketball, probably. Because football just won the Big mm. Ten. They just won the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the head coach in any other situation, you'd think would be riding high and was going to exit that Big Ten championship. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. So, um there was a lot of attrition, a lot of turnover, and a lot of you. Everyone remembers January and February here, uh, so it's a little more even to me than it probably should be, uh, because the football team should have a little bit more in its bag here because you just won the, you just did the thing that everyone said you you weren't doing for all these years. But it's also kind of like I look at it and I say, Harbaugh, you know, you can't have a... T- <laughs> I wouldn't fall on my face if I were you. Like, that would be bad. You know, you've got a lot coming mm-hmm. back, uh, especially on offense. This offense needs to be able to score points. I think that there's still pressure there. But, man, I just... 
I don't know. Juwan Howard had a rough go last year. It was a tough year. And um, I don't know if pressure is the right word because that would indicate that both would be, uh, you know, in fear of losing their job or something, which isn't the case here. But, like, pressure to me indicates, like, are you going to lose your momentum? <laughs> are you going to lose your ability to go forward, uh, you know, keep the arrow up? And I look at Juwan Howard right now and I say, I see the whole picture Everything that happened last year, everything that's happened in the years prior, you'd look at everything and say, okay, now we've seen, you know, the peak. We've seen the the bad stuff on the other side of the, the spectrum here, on the other side of the pole. Now where does it fall in the middle? And I think now we can maybe sort of judge. So for him, I almost feel like it's more. I, I don't know. I'm curious right. on your thought. What do you think? How do you square all that? That's a really interesting question, though. Pressure-wise, I think it's football, undoubtedly. It's almost always, though, um, right? Like feels like yeah i mean it's no matter what just for, you know, for I mean, what just, they did last year to 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 validate it well i don't think you have to validate right. it. you already did it so like in that case no i, I mean I, I think if you but if you go and win seven games oh, next sure. year, it's no, just a total saying, reset of like wait a second hold yeah, right. now you're just completely back to, yeah, to square I would, one I would advise against um, that yeah <laughs> and look like like michigan basketball did itself a huge favor by winning two games in the NCAA tournament last year. Because if that year had ended yeah. with Juwan Howard smacking a man on a court That's and true. then losing in the first round of the NCAA tournament as an 11 seed after barely well, getting true, in. Very true. You know, and it that, would have had a kind of different... now that they barely got it in. It would have had a very different taste lingering. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas instead they go, you know, think about that game against Colorado State. They were down in the first half. That game looked over. And that's how the year was going to end, right? Um, instead, they come back, they win that game without Mike's, without um, Jesus Christ, I almost said Mike, Mike Smith, Smith yeah. without uh, Devontae Jones, and then they get the beautiful luxury of getting Rick Barnes in the second round of the tournament and knock out three seed Tennessee, and you know, and then you go and you lose to Villanova in the Sweet Sixteen. No shame there, right? right. So the season kind of ended on an uptick, uh, like you said, you know. Juwan's always going to get guys. They're always going to have talent coming in. Um, they're going to remain, I feel like, fairly competitive. Last year just kind of – last year just never fit totally, but you've got Hunter Dickinson coming back you next do? year. So your 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 floor is only so low with, with a guy like that. So I feel like you're going to make the NCAA tournament, and as long as you do that – Right, it's not going to be a catastrophe. They're not going to go and win twelve games next year and finish tenth in the Big Ten because you have Dickinson. You know, you've got enough guys to at least. And the league's going to be down. They're going to be okay. I don't think they're going to be. Well, then they got to go. Well, they have to do it though, because if they don't, yes, is my that was my point. If you don't, if you have a rough go, now all of those warts that you just noted that you narrowly, narrowly dodged. They didn't go away. They were just, you just put some makeup on them, and this is the year that you remove them. So, to me, it's like you either prove all the things that you're, because you're saying, you know, they shouldn't do any, they should be fine. I would think that that's fair to suggest, and I would think John Howard would, will be fine. I mean, my God, he still had interest in the Lakers here. But I'm just saying from a, uh, from a culture, momentum, program standpoint, at what they have right now, and it's still really good. I don't think that last year seemed to hurt any of that. 
um, mm. with his trust with the guys and everything else. It seems like it, outside looking in anyway. Um, but if you don't have a great year or if it's rocky, for whatever reason, I don't care what the reason is, but if it's rocky at all, well, now people start to look at all the things that, you know, and that's yeah. sort of my concern, if I had a concern uh, with them. With the football side, yeah, that's it's always there, uh, the pressure. And then Harbaugh brings extra loads of it on top of himself. Yeah, and I mean, no matter what, after... So. You know, and it would just—it would be quite a look. But for, if you went like you know, nine, or, they're, they're, what if they went like nine and three or ten and two after that, though? Like you know, the same sort of like pretty good but not great year. What about that? What if they did that? I feel like that would be. What if they beat Michigan pretty, State, uh, lost. If they Ohio beat Michigan State, State and go ten and two, there that I would think that's a rousing success. You just lost the what number one. What if they one, beat Michigan State and go two, nine what, and three? What number did Hutchinson go? Was he two? You yeah. just lost the number two pick in the draft. Like, what if you go? If nine, they go ten and two and beat Michigan State, I think if, it's a hell of a year. What if they beat Michigan State and go nine and three? Less so, but not bad. Okay, well that's my point, right? You're still, and we've seen them do stuff like that in their sleep, like go nine and three, eight and four, get a nice win, you know, whatever. Like, but to your point, to collapse would be yes. I mean, that's the fear. But I think if you're still having a good enough year, you can always spin that based on you just won the Big Ten. Yeah. Harbaugh drags you through a bunch of crap, and he can say, After "Well, I'm not going to do that, that anymore." You know? Yeah, yeah. So you, all the, I mean, I'm just saying that all the things you could say to yourself after the fact, if you had a not a stellar season, Jawan's situation, if they had a not stellar season, I think the fact that your immediate review had more sort of like rockiness, maybe that would be. But you know, in the end, frankly, I still think both of them are in an okay spot here. Um, Overall, maybe less so than people, more so than people probably want to give them credit for, but I don't know. It's always proven in the end. We'll see. Michigan State is almost as fascinating, or maybe even more so. Uh, I'm yeah. curious your thoughts here on uh, so, Mal and Izzo here as uh, two different situations. My, my look here, look, I get I get the the contract that, that Tucker got and all that. I also feel like, though, he's got all that recruiting momentum. Yes, where if if things go a little awry next year, yes, say they dip to seven wins, right? If they have a bad, right? let's say they have a bad year, six and six or something, a yeah, bad year. Yeah. I think it can at least still be framed as like, yeah. look, this is the same coach. We're all in on this guy. The rec- the kids are coming, right? right. The, yeah, the they're recru- coming. The yeah. recruits are growing. Are, we're only he's only one year That's removed really from point. that yeah. that that COVID class. He cleaned house. These guys are going to have to develop. A lot of narrative shifting here Dude. left. Oh yeah. Oh, I can, I can, I can read. I can read these stories now. That is a really good point. Yeah. There's. You're going. Oh, they just lost the Heisman a candidate. Oh, the bag shit. here. Yeah. You know, five weeks into it. Okay, it's a rebuilding year. Mel's still the man. The recruits are coming. Everything's all good. Very true. On the flip side, don't want to burn all that right now, though, do you? Like right away. No, you don't. Yeah. But if you do, it's. You can survive. Yes. Right. Great point. On the flip Great side. Great point. The point of points. Yeah. <laughs> Izzo and the basketball team. Oh, boy. I mean, they're not even filling out a full roster. <laughs> What's happening here, man? There's what are they doing? very little. There's there's not a whole <laughs> lot of recruiting momentum. No. You're coming off they're of They're dead a, in the water with that. Yeah. Wow. You're coming off back-to-back years where, you know, you, you were you just barely made years. it to Dayton yeah. right. to keep the streak alive in 2001. Last year's team was just started so hot and the expectations grew and grew and then it just kind of backslide all the way down. Yeah. Um, 
They finished what eleven and nine in the league. Yeah, uh, not great. Not yeah. just they weren't. They were not. Let me see. And it, yeah, and they weren't. Like, they like, weren't a top. They weren't yeah. a top forty team on Ken Palm. And, and it wasn't because they weren't. You know, they were. They played hard. That team, I thought, yeah. right? They gave them what they had, right? Yeah, keep going. But yeah, yeah. I think that needs to be noted. Um, and you know, you just look at the direction of where college basketball is going. Um, in terms of roster building and stuff like that, and like, I, is Mich- are these guys, are they going to play ball? Like, what? I haven't talked to Izzo in a, in a minute, so you know, I, I'm very curious to have the next conversation and <laughs> ask him what the hell's going on. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> um, I don't know, but if next year, like, if the streak ends next year, hypoth- hypothetically, yeah, they right. miss the NCAA tournament, right? What is the air around that program going to look like? Not good. I think Not we good. all know what it's going to look like. It's yeah. going to be okay. Time, is time it, to, is time it is a time for an era to end? Yeah. And like, fair or not, that's how it's going. To, yes, I, correct. Look, I mean, yeah. I, I I think I think Izzo gets to go out on his own way, regardless of what happens. Right. However, I'm just talking narrative. Yeah, if the fans. Using, if, yeah. if the question is pressure, who has more pressure? Fan I just pressure. think it's on basketball to reestablish. Itself and yeah, that's a great point. You know, I think that's fair. Like Michigan State's right. a program. Like making the NCAA tournament isn't good enough for Michigan State. Right? No, Michigan yeah, State. that's right. Yeah, and this, this is a critical time competing for Final Fours. This is a critical time for him too, right? Like because, like you're saying, no matter how it goes, uh, you're you're toward you're near the end here with Izzo. I mean, no matter sure. how it goes, we're closer to the end clearly than we were than we are the middle or the beginning. So you're at that time where. When you do have to hand it off, you really want you want to be able to hand it off with something. You want to be able to hand it off with some juice. Right. You don't want to hand it off and be like, "Oh, sh- hey, we're on the floor. Can you pick our ass up here?" <laughs> like you know, like yeah. that's the last yeah. thing you want because then it's just a you are gone. You'll disappear faster than you can blink. So like it's a critical time. I I assume he understands that. I would be shocked if he doesn't. That's probably something he lays awake every night thinking about. But like. You know, like that's kind of where you're at because you know that's a guy. Legacy is important to him, and it's important to him that the program continues to do well. Well, right now, can't it's got to be about you know progress and all that stuff too. Because when you do hand the torch, it's got to yeah. be a torch to hand. It can't be a burnt, wet stick. That's <laughs> that's got to be relit because that's hard to do, and it ain't gonna happen. Yeah. You know, the, as easy as you think. So, um, and when you when you look stuff, at what they yeah. got, like. Yeah, I mean, you can talk me into a team of uh, AJ Hogard and Tyson Walker and Jaden Akins and Malik Hall and Joey Hauser being pretty good. Yeah, and you can also talk me into like what? Like, yeah, not that, at all. That's being, it. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, right. Being an NIT um, team, right? Right. So yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the the, the knee jerk there is for Mel Tucker. I think the the, the knee jerk response would be to say that. You know, Mel Tucker can't fall flat on his face. Like he can't go two and ten or three and nine. Like if that happened, then now we're having a different conversation. But like that's not really something that I think is going to happen here. I don't. Like you said earlier, though, with Juwan, there's still some of that because he hasn't been a coach for that long. That I think has to be there a little bit because it's like you did have a great year, but uh, it's one just one year, like. <laughs> Brady Hoke had a great year, right? Like, a lot of people mm-hmm. had great years, okay? Like, I, 
there there has to be more to it and we have to still see even if it's down even if you go eight and four and we see some of the growth and progress and things that we were seeing last year but hey yeah yeah tough luck some things didn't go the, the ball didn't bounce the way it did last year for you I sure. I get the, I can get that I can understand that but if it's a total departure from what we saw now you're four and eight or something okay now we're having a different conversation and that's still there sort of laying there for me but I the way you put it about basketball, I think I would agree with you that, you know, they're at a larger, they're, they have bigger fish to fry here almost. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, look, I mean, if, if, if the basketball, t- if the football team is not good at all next year and takes a, and takes a like marked step back. Right. You're, you're just going to have to put up with people making jokes right, about Smucker's contract. Yeah. But you're still like, look, look, we're, we're invested in this guy. Exactly. We believe in it, right? And, and it's shit. fine. Yeah, right. Michigan State basketball is bad next year. Right. Yeah, it's a different. It's going to feel like an existential crisis at the, at the yeah. end of the year. Like, people are going to be losing And it'll be because it'll be rooted in fact. It'll be real. Right. Yeah, like, right. it'll be real. Yeah. Jesus. Good point. Big ear for Tom. I'm curious for your next conversation uh, that you're gonna <laughs> that you're gonna yeah. have with. I don't think he's talked to too many people here uh, recently. I know he did he? a piece. He did a piece with Graham about the scholarship usage. Okay, I know um, they had some staff changes recently. They've had some staff changes, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is good. Yes. Um, I always feel like look it, having stability is a good thing, but you know yeah. every three years get get someone new, at least one person in new and um, yeah. shake things up and so on and so forth. Okay. Football recruiting question here from Eric. Um, this is a Michigan question, but we can also talk about Michigan State because Mel Tucker's doing heck of a job there. Eric says, Michigan football, Michigan's football recruiting momentum is not what I thought it'd be after last year's run. Uh, if you agree, is that more due to Harbaugh's NFL pursuit, Michigan's conservative NIL approach, or something else? And uh, that's a great question, I think, because um, if we pull up the latest uh, 24-7 rankings, uh, which, of course, and we also always say this, and we've said this for years, even when Michigan would have these classes, uh, you know, I think Hoke had several classes that were, or at least a couple, that went up to, like, number one in June, um, or they'd get to, you know, top five, uh, top three, something like this. Uh, Michigan State is up to 13 in the 24-7 uh, current rankings, and Michigan is down at 40 in the uh, current 24-7 rankings. So, not nothing, but I wouldn't say, you know, obviously you're going to couch it and say it's July or it's June and it's, you know, we'll see what happens at the end. But it's not nothing. And I think to the bigger point, as Colton has written several times, uh, Michigan State's had more people on campus. They've had more, you know, big name or big time, you know, highly touted guys that, you know, have offer sheets. um, Or at least more... Then we're used to seeing it, comparatively speaking, maybe, I guess. I don't know. But, you know, and I think the lack of momentum uh, stems from, if you go back and you, for on the Michigan side of things, if you go back and listen to the show we did the day before Harbaugh uh, was, didn't get the Vikings job. And then I think actually we talked about this again, like the week after. And people were getting mad. They were mad at me at the time. And I understood it. Because I wrote, like, you're, this is going to be a thing that you have to fight over. He's caused another problem. He's put another obstacle in the way. You just spent two months of valuable time wasting it, doing nothing, while Michigan State was recruiting 
and getting ready to recruit and planning and getting their stuff, their shit together. You were not doing that. And so you're going to be behind in those situations. Do I think that when all is said and done, Michigan's still going to have a good recruiting class? Sure. You know, do I think it's going to be the 40th ranked class in the country? No, I'd be surprised if it's not in the top 15. Honestly, at the end, I mean, it sort of always finds its way to that. And they do have a good staff. Um, and they do have a pretty, you know, a recruiting approach that doesn't really change. It's pretty set your watch to it. There's certain kids at this point that Harbaugh is going to get and he's not going to get. Part of that's there. But in terms of capitalizing on momentum, no way. You, he sabotaged that. That was Jim Harbaugh's fault. Not a, not a conservative NIL approach. I don't want to hear people blaming it. I mean, hey, could, is that a factor? Maybe. But I would also say that, like, if you want to compare, and not that Eric did this, but I, I'm doing it because they're both here, Michigan and Michigan State's current momentums, you know, Michigan State's NIL approach seems to be working better because it's probably more organized and they had and they spent more time on it, whereas Michigan spent January and February wondering if their head coach was going to quit and leave to the NFL and raid the staff. Like, I mean, like, it's a diff- that's the difference. And so when we're sitting here in June talking about long-term program building and not just the, the play on the field, you're damn right the team that has had more time spent uh, on itself together working toward long-term building is going to be <laughs> in a better place right now than the one that was wondering if it was all going to be here, uh, you know, four months ago. So that's the reality of the situation. Um, I'm, I, I, I struggle sometimes with, and I, and I, I, I used to struggle with why, why people don't get some of the obvious, but then I see that, you know, people will write, certain things uh, on other people's behalfs, but I mean, that's, that's the reality. I mean, like you cannot just take a knee in January like that as a program and act like you're not taking a knee as your coach just decides what he's going to do for six weeks and then, ex- and then think nothing's going to happen, you know, like you're not going to be impacted sure. by it. And look, like and, it's not and the and first here, time this has happened. So yeah, go ahead. What one, one point on that too. The other thing is it's not only the head man when there's a window of time like that. Yeah. All the assistant coaches. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's more right, of them. Who, are, who are who are supposed to who are supposed to be pounding the yeah. ground, recruiting. You know, like getting it organized, are, getting it together. Yeah, you have you you got to be looking out for your next job and all that stuff. And it's just like I mean, it's a total derailment of any momentum. Right. And yeah, it'll be really fascinating to kind of see um, if that if that whole ordeal just ends up being a blip. In time, exactly. You know, or if something that if a year, really two hurts. years from yeah. now, we're talking about saying like, man, you know, they had it, they had, they had the momentum, and that really kind of just fluttered right. for for a minute there. Um, and it's still, and it's still, it's salvageable, it's, right? It's still to be determined. And look, like it'd be ridiculous to suggest that they can't and maybe won't just flip this thing on its head, go on a run there in September, and you're looking up and saying, oh God, Michigan State just had. A bunch of decommitments, and we've seen this. It happens. Recruiting goes like this all the time. So, like, you know, what you're doing in June and what you're doing in November are completely different situations, as we have seen. However, you know, as I used to say back when people would criticize, um, why are you giving Brady Hope credit for having a goddamn, you know, top recruiting class in July? Who gives a shit? And I'd be like, well, I mean, he's got 20 kids committed or whatever it would be at the time, and it'd be like, it's not nothing. 
And those classes were good players and everything else. And I look at Mel's classes right now and say, looks good. These kids are here. They're, they're bonding together. They're, they're, they're doing the mass visit thing where they recruit each other. This is how you build a national type, you know, recruiting machine like he talked about when he got the job, everything else. We all knew that he was going to be able to do this. It was just a matter of get through the COVID stuff, you know, get NIL, you know, being legalized now helps him so much more than I think it would have. But I think we would have been here anyway with Mel Tucker, frankly. I think he is the type of recruiter that would have gotten them where we'd be talking about this right now either way, I think, with them. They would have had momentum at this stage uh, from a recruiting standpoint with or without NIL, I think. So um, it's a great question, and um, it's it's one to monitor because, yeah, I mean, you, and again, I wrote this like in early, early January, and people were like, shut up, Nick, you're an idiot. And I was like, man, I I just wish once that like, because I, I felt that it was possible, even though I knew it wasn't, because I knew that Harbaugh was about to blow the whole thing up. But, like, I just was like, both these teams were in such a good place when the year ended that if they could both just keep going north, like, you know, without it, without taking a break, and maybe they can, like, that it would be so cool if both of them are good and strong and deep at the same time. Um, and I still think that, I still think that that is more possible now than I probably ever have before, because I think Mel uh, Tucker is. He's, he's got the right sort of approach, but as we've said before, Brendan, this is life in the big city. And uh, when you bring kids in from outside of this area and try to teach them things about your school, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So we will see how all this goes for Mel Tucker, but can't argue with anything that's happening right now. They're rocking and rolling. I, I, yeah, and I think it's it's so much momentum that it gives him leeway. Yes, Yes, you know, and it's and it because it proves and it proves that it's and we used to say this early on with Hoke and it and I and it frankly it never went away. It proves that he can recruit. Period. Like Mel is a great recruiter. I think that we can sit there and say that now without really hesitating. You could probably write it in ink. I mean, this guy has brought good talent to multiple schools um, with consistency now um, in in his job. Doing it again as a head coach, really no surprise at all. Honestly, something I think that most people up there would have expected by now out of Mel Tucker, and he would tell you the same. So, uh, yeah, very interesting, but it's um, we'll see how it all goes. I'm very fascinated to see how this fall goes, man. Michigan State and Michigan both, like, interesting year. If they can both keep this up, you know, in, in some way, shape, or form, I think it changes a lot. Big if, though. What, hap- what happens if uh, Michigan State wins again? If they win the game? Well, I mean, like, they, honestly, they though. Like, uh, Listen, if Tucker is 3-0 against Michigan after three years. Well, hey, that, look it. Can he get a $200 million contract is my next question. I guess that would be the better question. But from a Michigan standpoint, and I had people ask me this. They talked about this last year after they lost the game. Like, when I, because I, I was, I remember writing, like, you know, if you're going to give up on him right now, then that's just ridiculous. Why would you do that? And it would just, the comments and the people, like, the season's over. This was a disaster. Michigan State sucks. And I'm like, no, they don't. They're a good team. He's a good coach. You need to start looking at them like that, period. Michigan State's football program is different than what it was in the 80s and 90s. If Michigan fans can't look at it like that, that's on them. Because losing to a good program, uh... Shit, I mean, if you go 500 against them over a 10-year period, I think that most coaches at Michigan right now with what they're doing would be like, that's pretty okay. Objectively, would be like, uh, okay, I'm fine with that. We got as many as we we lost. All right, they're pretty good. 
You know, what do you think this well, is? <laughs> my counter to that. My no, counter I, I to that the would counter, be. But that's what I tell that, him. If if that coach is named Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> that that that'll work. If that coach is named uh, something Matt Campbell and he goes five and five against uh, Michigan State, that would not uh, yeah, fly enough, with anybody. His ass would be run out of there on a rail. Fair enough, but that's still how it should be looked. <laughs> and if the other side was a hapless mess, then it would be a different story too, because Michigan State's certainly had their share of that over the years. But that's not what this is. So, in any event, interesting times. All right. The, Let's see what else we got. In the Great here. Wars. Have, you got, have you got to the Millington Water Tower uh, question yet? No. Uh, Walk me through this. I saw this yesterday. I've can't, Wait a second. Here's an idea for the pot. Could we go do oh, a pod where you take me on a tour of Millington? I mean, it would be like a 13-second podcast. <laughs> hey, I want you to do something right now. When you pull up Wikipedia, Millington's Wikipedia page, Okay. And under the geography where it says like the um you know how big the city is, the square mile, you know, I want you to read that whole sentence for the people when you get to it. Tell Area me. total, yeah. 1.36 square miles. Yeah, finish it. That can't be right. Now, what's the rest of the sentence say? Popu- population 1028. Yeah. As of 2020, that is a recent number. Holy shit. Now, somewhere uh, somewhere in there I believe, unless you're missing it. Oh, 0.35 square miles of it is a football That's field. Correct. So, uh, within the demographic official data of Millington, Michigan, uh, the football field space is noted as part of the uh, community there. So the question, the question was: um, Now that Millington has won two states titles in softball in the last three seasons, are you still the most famous person from the small Tuscola village? Well, a couple things. First of all, how the hell did Millington win two state titles back to in back, softball? buddy? They won back to back state titles in softball. Is Matt Charbonneau coaching this team? I don't know what's going on there. I assume, <laughs> I, I think they have just like a really good group of like kids that play together a lot. Maybe they got a great pitcher. Uh-huh. I don't know, but they've got something going, and they've won back to back state titles. So I would say, in terms of state champions, you've got. Those ladies, back-to-back. The guys, Jason Holmes was the young man's name who was a wrestler who who got his name on the sign as you would drive into town. But um, football, we didn't really ever have, because we didn't win any state titles, so we didn't have any, like, names on there. But I would say that the girls' softball has to be there, but uh, ultimately it's a moot question because, uh, as Mick McCabe would say, Former freak sports writer Corey Meineke, who went to Millington, who is now who's passed away. Mick calls Millington Corky's school in Son of Swami, his picks column every week um, for Corey. So Corey is the most famous Millington graduate, and uh, the rest of us, I suppose, including uh, someone wrote Brandon Reed, the pitcher. I think he pitched at Central. Uh, the rest of us could fight over number two. <laughs> I guess there's not Amazing. enough room on the water tower for all these people. Look, there was a guy. The guy that ran, um, the guy that drove, I can't think of his name now, um, I think it was Gravedigger or Bigfoot, mm-hmm. one of the monster trucks. No shit. From, from Millington, yeah. The, the, um, his like big uh, barn or whatever, was we'd drive by it all the time on the bus, like going into school. 
I don't like that the Millington wiki page doesn't have a, a famous residence. Well, I mean, there isn't any famous residence. Subsection. I mean, you could be there. I don't live there. Also. But, also, but natives. I'm not a native. Natives. I wasn't. I didn't. I. My family is not from Millington. We were from Flint and then we migrated out uh, after the shops all closed and everything. So it's a very different was, um, thing for me. We just sort of lived there. <laughs> Whereas other people were from there. For generations. I have friends that, you know, at school with their families were there forever. I wasn't. How long were you in Flint for? My family was in Flint Flint for only like a year or two. So my whole life was in Millington. But I'm saying my family, them, my parents, they were never from. They just picked it randomly and we moved there. So it had But you are a son of Millington. Yes, no, I am a son of Millington. But in terms of. Thus you should be on the wiki page. But I I always feel like. There are deeper rooted sons and daughters of the area as they'll because their families were there long before. Because Millington, as no one realizes this, except for the great Mick McCabe, um, we were a class B school back when I was rocking and rolling, brother. We were up there, okay? We were losing to Country Day in the state semifinals. Not some of you know, I don't know what the small schools are now. Because Onstead. myself and all my classmates <laughs> were the sons and daughters of shop rats from right. Flint and Saginaw. And when the shops all left, we all left. And so Millington is now like way smaller on scale. So I don't really know how all the athletics compare. But my football team as a junior is the best ever. And no one's going to ever uh, take that away. I don't, I'll fight anyone who argues with me on that one. We are... Yeah. In August, I'm going to say. We're, We're going to go, go to, to the, Millington. All right. Well, I'll take, you, go I'll to take you to the curly cone. We'll get an ice cream. <laughs> We're going to get ice cream or whatever the hell that is. You want to go to is a, there a diner? Is there um, a diner of some well, kind? Look, hey, there's a festival. In, in Millington every year. Now we're talking. Um, we'd have to find out when that is, but, you know, that could be arranged. What kind of festival? Um, old Fashioned Days, it's called. Well, now, hey, look, I don't know if it's still there. It was when I was a kid. I don't know. I don't go. I'm not, you know, I don't go around as much as I probably should. Maybe that's why they don't invite me back or uh, to places. But what, what does festival, this old fashioned festival entail? When I was a kid, it entailed going and like. Uh, you'd throw like the darts at the balloons and win like a cheap toy from like the Boy Scouts tent, uh-huh. and like the church would have like a tent, and there'd be like a you know you could win soda at, like the ring toss thing, all that stuff. I mean they had a beer tent for the adults, things like that. Just a stupid. I mean this has to happen. Yeah, all these little Michigan towns have their little mm-hmm. festivals. Surely you've seen that mm-hmm. when you're driving around up in your golf trips. You've seen, you go through those little towns. I haven't seen towns. any festivals. What? I'm not going to lie to you. Really? I haven't seen any okay, festivals. Okay, well, when you go up there next, every time you go through one of those little towns, you go through the main strip, there'll be a big banner tied from, like, the two light posts. What kind of routes do you think that we're taking? to the, We are on main, the highway. We are blasting through this state. We are not stopping in little towns. You, you're not going to get off and drive through any area? You're not going to drive through, you have to drive through something. You're not going to just helicopter into these golf courses. Well, in fairness, for this year, going up to the UP for the oh, tournament, I am fl- I'm flying. Yes. <laughs> so never mind. You're just a you're just an aristocrat golfer now, I guess. Who's never going to you're never going to go to the, fi- My man, the fish fry. You festivals. know the condition of this back. If I sit in a car for nine hours, however the hell long it takes to drive to friggin' Marquette, um, yeah, I'd be. It would take me three days to recover from that drive to swing a golf club. So no, I we've got like. 
damn near a net jet situation where there's like 15 of us on a 40 seat flight. Yeah. Are you guys going up to the Mulholland's uh, Marquette up there? To we his are. airport? Yeah. <laughs> that he always flies to uh, for those Packers games. Coming in very hot. Very hot. <laughs> that airport can only hold like 40 people, I think, at a time. Yeah, right. Jesus. Speaking of golf, we have a golf question. Right. Um, it's from Aaron. Aaron asks, what course that hasn't hosted a major would you love to see a U.S. Open or PGA? Yeah. Uh, bonus if it's a public track. Okay. Well, there will be no bonus because the answer is uh, – there is only one answer to this question, and it is Pine Valley in New Jersey. Do you know about Pine Valley? No, why, is that, Pine why Valley? is that the only answer? There's also a Pine Valley, I think, in Macomb. Uh, it's not that one. <laughs> The one that I'm talking about <laughs> is in I New Jersey. I can't imagine. Yeah, okay. Yeah, got and it. It's, uh, it's not Macomb, it, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the most exclusive country. Uh, oh, I can't in believe that's not in Macomb, Michigan. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no offense. Anyone uh, of course. It, I've never stepped foot on it. Probably never will. That's pretty cool. Um, it's considered the hardest course in the country. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Wow. So if it opened a if it hosted a US have Open, they ever it would be done absolutely a, sick. Have they ever done something like that? No. They've never hosted a major. Hmm. Uh, they've hosted I want to say they've hosted one or two Walker Cups. Do you know what the Walker Cup is? I've heard of Walker something Cup. like that. The the Walker Cup is basically the Ryder Cup, but for amateur okay, players. Yeah. So the the best amateurs compile teams from the U.S. and from the U.K., and they they play the Walker Cup. It hasn't been there. Like, the last time, they, they did it in the 80s at some point. Oh, wow. Um, but, like, like the public barely even gets to step foot on Pine Valley. I don't even know if you're allowed to well, drive by Like, who place. are the people that go? Who are the members? It's, like, the most exclusive membership in the country. It's, like, basically oh. the same as, like, Augusta like Nationals membership, which is all very secretive and all this stuff. But it's, like, wow. it, it was designed by kind of, like, a... a, a various designers the the guy who built pine valley was this eccentric from philadelphia this is the guy who owned like hotels and stuff in philly and he bought he went to build this uh he, he set out to build the best course in the country and so he brought in a number of different designers he brought in tillinghast and i think q wilson was one of them a couple others uh but anyway it'd be unreal to see uh, a just to see the course because yeah. it's that exclusive where it's there's like people flying drones over it trying to like get s- glimpses of what it looks like and stuff. <laughs> but it of course also has a terrible history. Like they well, you're really, damn right. they didn't allow women club. until last year. Last year. Last year. Last year. I remember reading a story oh about them God. finally allowing women, and apparently, I, I hope I get this right. Like. They sent out an email to membership sometime in like 2021 announcing that uh, they were allowing women in. <laughs> and like in the email, I think like the club president was quoted as being like, uh, we want to be on the right side of history. As oh, as, well, I mean, as buddy, as, listen. As if suffrage, yeah, right. women's suffrage wasn't a hundred right. years earlier. I got news for you. I don't think you're going to make it. Um, I, I don't know if that's going to be in the cards for you, Bill. Yeah, yeah, and I think like I think the note was like, "Don't worry, they'll be socially compatible," and like you're just like, "Oh my what? god!" Like this. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. So, okay. Well. But the course itself. It's, this is one of like the great 
twistings yeah. that it takes to kind of be to, to love golf and to be around yeah, golf. Yeah, that's like what I'm discovering. Trying to separate the courses <laughs> from the clubs. Yeah. When you're like, it's not the courses full. Right. That some heinous people have been in charge of who is allowed to no, play no, yeah. on it. You know? Um, the courses themselves are just oh my god. I mean, if anyone from Pine Valley is listening, listen. I will get off my moral high horse, and I'll be there tomorrow to play if you uh, want to let me out. So, um, for the record. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Golf is a hell of a sport, man. Uh, a lot going on there. It's a weird space to be in. I've got man. a couple coming up here on these uh, questions here. One from our, um, i got to find it again, I just lost it. One from our gossip correspondent, Nezzy. <laughs> um, who uh, wants to know if you would uh, care to shed some light on how uh, Mike Krzyzewski, uh screwed this Joey Baker here. The Duke's uh, Duke transfer now at Michigan. Is this correct? You hear about this? He, he's at Michigan, yeah. So apparently he has one year of eligibility left, as he says, because Coach K took his red shirt off in February of 2018-2019 season and played him for 18 minutes. And so now he ends. So I think that's amazing. I think amazing just and, to say that. <laughs> amazing and not surprising <laughs> no. in the least bit. You're talking about a guy who a, has, a vampire, if you will. Because <laughs> I, I would say just as bad as doing something like that is the, the kids that he's convinced to reclassify. Sure. Yeah. A year early yeah. to get there because he's basically he was basically trying to fill out his roster. Fit, yeah. Yeah. And like they had no right being in college game yet. Right. It, it really was not in their own best interest at all. Yeah. But, you know, needed a body. There's the body. Bring him on in. Wreck the kid's you know. career. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. It's just, what a legend. You know, yeah. What a legend. Build a statue. I saw his grandson is transferring. Uh, he was on scholarship there. Where is he going? New York University. He was, you know, just so great. I don't know if he was on scholarship, but he walked on, you know. didn't Wasn't that the one that got the Dewey with a... Uh, with Paolo in the I, car I really or something? I don't know. But, you know, the fact that Coach K was going to sit there and pretend that his grandson had the uh, basketball chops to be a walk-on at Duke is just amazing. I mean, like, I, whatever, dude. Anyway. Uh, I like that you called it New York University and not NYU. Oh, sorry. NYU, yes. New York University. <laughs> I just read it as New York University. I guess I don't really think about them as a basketball uh, Maybe team. Maybe he's studying journalism. Right, right, he is. Yeah, right. right. Going to come take all of our jobs. Someday. Um, and the other one that I was going to get to here was from uh, Mike Zimmerman, producer extraordinaire, who wanted my my take on live golf. Um, yes, I would love this. Yeah, so I just, I am still very fascinated by it. I'm not sure if I have like an ultimate end of the day take on it other than, you know, I think that all the reporting that's been done uh, in the last several weeks about, you know, exposing the the hypocrisy from a lot of these people who've said one thing and clearly were lying is is all uh -huh. you know needs to be done and is necessary because I think that all those things need to be exposed because at some point it has to be about people they're just going to make their choices and I think that's probably where we're about to trend toward is people are going to make a choice these players about where they want to play and no one is going to give them the and that's going to be that. So go ahead, have fun, do your thing. Mm -hmm. We're not going to really, if the golf sucks, we're not going to cover it. I don't care how much money you're making. Um, and you're going to have to live with where the money comes from and all the stuff that the Saudi government, uh, you know, uh, has done to get it. Uh, and all these things, right? So 
that's where I land on. Anyone could do whatever they want, but like I said to somebody a couple weeks ago, um, it's when they want to start pretending that we're not going to allow that. And I think that, you know, the media at large hasn't allowed the, the pretending to go on. And I think anyone who still wants to pretend is doing so willingly and knowing that, you know, you just want to be difficult. But as time goes on here, like you just said, with these idiots at the private country club being on the right side of history, like, I mean, that's where you're, that's where this goes. I mean, you look at the only other, the biggest comparable I have to it, and of course people bring up um, the Premier League, because, I, you know, like a mm-hmm. Saudi money owns at least one of the teams in the Premier League, right? Is it multiple? I'm not sure. Right. The uh, WWE does business uh, in Saudi Arabia with um, large events every year to a point where up until a couple of years ago, I believe their women wrestlers weren't allowed to go. They weren't allowed to mm. be at the event, period. Mm. Because no women could compete in a sport in public, I believe was the rule. And I believe they were eventually allowed to go, but they had to wear clothing that covered their arms and legs and no skin could be. Right. Okay, so right. that's what we're talking about here, ladies and gentlemen. And I think you all know that. And as long as people know that, okay, then you do what you want to do. And I think that, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. And I just, beyond that, I'm not sure, you, you can't stop this from happening, right? And that's something that I think that people try sometimes in vain to do because I, you just, I'm not sure how you're supposed to stop it, but you don't have to support it. Yeah, it's it been, is. it's been funny, not funny, that's not the right way to say it. It's been, um, Quite a journey watching a journey. the PGA yeah. Tour. Yeah, they're and they're trying they're to struggling. trying to trying to frame like why guys shouldn't go. First, they kind of leaned on the moral aspect of like this is and blood I, money, you know. And I don't, yeah. And that well, obviously did not work, right? right? No. Because at the end of the day, when you offer someone one hundred million dollars, they're going to take exactly. It. So then they've adjusted to this is these are exhibitions. This is not not competitive proper golf. professional golf. Right. If you go and do this, you know, you're just playing for the check and you're not a serious right. golfer. Okay. Well, guess what? Um if they're still being offered a hundred million dollars yeah. and they say, Well, don't care. I only care about yeah, the majors right. and I'm gonna go play these events, I'm gonna line my pockets and I'm gonna go play in the majors, you know, uh, that's how that's gonna Correct. go. So the thing isn't stopping, you know, two more names yesterday, Kepka, Abe Anser, you know, everyone made like just okay, Brooks Kepka was not surprising in the least bit. But then like you look at a guy like Abe Anser, people don't really know, like common fans don't know who he is. He's the number 20 ranked golfer in the world. Mm-hmm. He's very good. He yeah. has won on the PGA Tour and, and he's out. He's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like little by little. If those types of guys go, you know, the number 17 player in the world, the number 11 player in the world, like at what point is there any kind of like, if there's balance, hypothetically, like in the top 30 of the OWGR, the official world golf rankings, and you get 15 guys are, yeah. are tour on both players sides. Yeah, right. and 15 guys are on live. Well, now you, you don't really kind of get to hang your head. You can still say it's yeah, cartoon golf that they're down. playing. Yeah. But the the talent isn't totally watered yep. down. What's one of the interesting things too is like all of the guys who have gone for the most part in terms of the biggest names are all kind of of a certain style mm-hmm. in terms of like how fans feel about them or how they come off or they're like they're guys who have had their own issues or like um, don't really have like certain connections with fans in a way that like a Jordan Spieth does. Yeah. 
Right, or a Justin Thomas does. How do you mean when you say does. that? What does that mean when you say that? Like, I'm curious. So Patrick really, Reed, yeah. like, pa- like Patrick Reed is a guy who's had like ver- a lot of incidents of like um, supposed rules violations, okay. and like he's not a particularly likable person. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. okay. Yeah, okay, okay. And like he's just very much kind of the one of these characters that yeah, like yeah. people poke fun at. Yeah. Right. And then Bryson. Yeah. Is okay. Okay. Bryson, yeah. who is like a guy who like hasn't been able to get out of his own way yeah. publicly. And is easy fodder you got Mick for like golf Phil, Twitter, of course. Right? Yeah, right. Kepka yeah. is a guy who, like, yes, has won four majors. It's an amazing talent, but like, he's always kind of liked being the black hat a little bit. Like, he's been a dick to Ke- to uh, Bryson to yeah. DeChambeau, yeah. and has worn that. And he's always kind of been like the jock golfer. Where he's just like, uh, look, man, like. I'm a I'm a baseball player who plays golf. Like that's Kepka's thing. Where you're like, okay, I, dude, I dip, I dip out here. Yeah, okay, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and then, and then, and they have Phil, they have skull in Saudi Arabia. There, uh, Kepka. Yes, and like the version of Phil that is going to live is not the version of Phil who won the PGA last year, where like he was the fan favorite. Like his star kind of took this like very crazy. <laughs> recasting and like they're now getting this like very odd stubbly yeah no sponsors version of phil whether you're just like i mean he looks like Peel, he like Peel just Nicholson. got back. yeah right looks, looks like he just got back from like three weeks in vegas you're just like what is happened to that guy you know what's blow are not you doing, doing to make a light of his gambling issues but like you know i mean he's talked about it and but like yeah that's what he, he in terms of how he looks, you know, he's got the aviators, he's got the stubble, he's wearing all black. You're just like, Jesus. <laughs> so <laughs> these are kind of like the the this is the oh yeah the star power that Liv has. Do you think it's sustainable? Whereas, Do you think it'll last? I don't know because I mean that's ultimately yes, I think it's gonna that's last because they have it ain't going any it, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Okay. I'm f- rather certain about that. But, like, my question is always going to be if a guy like Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, if one of those guys make the jump and, like, it's very much, like, kind of the the classic PGA Tour golfer, one of those guys, you know, one of, if one of them makes the move over, shit's going to get weird. It's going to get very weird. And right now we already have the Tour um, – is out um, getting ready to kind of announce or introduce a whole new system of yeah, well, of ultimately tournaments that are going yeah. that are going to basically pay the top talent, um, which is necessary. So uh, they're going to have golf's going to have to reinvent itself, uh, obviously, uh-huh. um, and I think that that's uh-huh. fine. And I would assume that you know there's people like you said earlier the the messaging and the PGA seems to have been. Uh, they seem to be struggling a bit. We'll see where they go, but it seems like their original approach was to try and stop it. Like golf has always historically been like a non-progressive. We're not going to change ever at all for any reason, no matter what you know. And it's like, okay, well, some things are probably gonna have to change, and I don't know what all those things are. Maybe you would know them better than I, but like, there's probably things you can do. I imagine within the structure of the current... I'm sure there's stuff that players hate about the PGA Tour that you could say, we're not doing that anymore, or we're going to make things... I don't know what those are, but there are things, certainly, that you're going to have to do as a competitor 
Because that's what this is. Whether you like it or not, or where it comes from or not, I don't know how else to look at it objectively. If you want to survive, you're going to have to find a way to make yourself attractive as best as possible. Uh, maintain your standards of, you know, lean in. I would say probably lean into the, you want to be a real golfer, this is where we're going to do it. Yes. That's what you do. Yes. And you just lean into that. And I think that that's, that's what, like, if you look back, and, I'm, and these aren't really apples to apples comparisons, but if you look back to any time... Historically, like the NFL was challenged by, and it wasn't much, but the USFL back in the day tried to compete. Obviously, that wasn't going to happen because it's like we're the standard. NBA, ABA, we're the standard. The best players are going to play here. That's what's going to. That's what it's going to be in the end. That's how we're going to carry ourselves. Yeah. Whatever you do behind the scenes, I guess is you know, whatever. But I guess that's probably what you lean into is just like we're going to be the standard of of the best. Period. And we're going to have to find a way to prove that. I don't know how, but that's the task I think in front of them right now. It seems. To, yeah. to sort of find a new way, but you know, to not to ignore you it, wrong. can't happen. You ain't wrong. All right, got anything else? You got anything else? Uh, I think that's probably good for today. Um, yeah. Anything else? I'm sure I did get to Nezzy's question. I wanted to make sure we get, <laughs> we get to that on the Coach K. We got the recruiting in, yeah. Some LIV golf uh, as that continues on here this off season. Good stuff. Good stuff. It's very interesting. I mean, I tell you, it's like it does remind me. Two still, weeks. Two weeks. We go to we go to Millington. Do, okay. It does remind me still a lot of that IndyCar cart split. Yes. You know, from back in the day. So we'll see. See where it goes. Two weeks we go to Millington. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know if the festival is going on in two weeks. It might just be nothing. People just yeah. Oh, that's you want you don't want the festival. Fine. All right. You want just I don't need a festival. Millington. Okay. We can do it. Maybe we set up the mic in the car. You give me a tour. That's the pod. We can do that. It's, <laughs> we can go through Flint, too, if you want. We can do the whole shot. Take you all the way down. I actually, you know I'm down. I actually drove through uh, where the house was downtown the other day, no matter, matter of fact. So we can see it all if you want. Nice. One way or the other. All Two right. weeks. Okay. Jeez. That's the plan. Okay. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thanks for listening to another very random edition <laughs> of The Beat. We do appreciate you listening. We will be back in uh, two weeks, probably. We'll see. And, no uh, promises. Be sure to tip your bartenders and servers. Good night.